0: You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome and realize it's not normal. It's Toxic.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Rid your life of toxic people. This is Dr. Heidi, and Dr. Heidi is super excited today because I get to go on my boat for the first time this weekend. Uh, Long story. My husband and I had decided we were not buying a boat for another year because we wanted We wanted to get our ducks in a row. And the very next day, last fall, after we decided that, the boat we were looking for popped up on his Facebook marketplace. And so we bought it. Uh, We bought it the week of my national conference. So I was in the conference when it got delivered. And the next week I had already planned to go home to Montana. So when he got to take the maiden voyage with his family, I was in Montana and the following week, I wanted to go for a ride on it before we had to winterize it, and it was so windy we couldn't. So the boat's been sitting down there since last September, and I have not gotten to ride on it yet. Um, the other thing you might find interesting is I'm super excited about the boat because it it is my official first purchase of my life. Um, not that I have gone without my whole life, but I when I was in toxic relationships, I was very financially abused. I was making money. I was, you know, doing my part. And from the outside looking in, my part was to pay all the bills and make all the money, but spend nothing for myself. So it wasn't like I didn't have what I needed. I always had what I needed. But so the day we bought this boat, I decided I was making the payments on it. So it's, even though even though I'm making the payments on it, I'm so excited that this is my first official large purchase of my life. And I'm not going to say my age, but I'm 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 old enough that I should have already made several of these purchases. Um, anyway, that was a long story. So if you fast forward through that part, that's completely fine. But just know that I am going to be on my boat this weekend. Um, Today, I have a guest that I've actually been super excited to get her on the schedule. And sometimes when I think about the people that I've connected with through this job, it it's almost um, fun to think about how we met. And how I met this lady is so cute. Uh, I get texts. I get messages, I get emails. It takes me almost an hour to get through all of the stuff when I get up in the morning to make sure that I can respond to everybody. And I was sitting on the couch one night and I got a message through Instagram. And the message said this, I just wanted to pop on and say, I love you so much. I have shared your podcast with so many girlfriends and they find you as helpful as I do. Thanks to you, I decided to switch to parallel parenting and Gray Rock and parent through an app. It's amazing how much time I have for myself. Love to you and thank you, Heidi. My response was, oh, this is the best message I've gotten all week. It makes me feel spectacular to know that my crazy past is helping another to step out of that place. By the way, I'm printing your message out so I can read it. I am so proud of you for taking your power back. Thank you for sharing the podcast. That's what it's all about, spreading the word. And her reply was, You are sure very welcome. I work in helping women. My company teaches women how to save money on their grocery bill and invest the savings. I'm not spamming. I'm just sharing. Much love. And if you print out my post, can you please correct the typos? So that is how I met this lady. And after the message, my brain started spinning because I'm like, wait, she said she's teaching people how to save on their grocery bill and invest And we all know that the changes that many that are listening to this podcast are going through have a huge impact on our finances and our standard of living and the way we have to do things. And we're very good at figuring things out. You know, when you're in toxic relationships, you're in survival mode, you figure things out. And so when you move out of them, we figure things out too. So no doubt everybody would figure this stuff out. But if I thought if this lady has a, program or a protocol or a solution to just give people a forward step on some of this, I have to talk to her because who couldn't use this information? So today I want to welcome the podcast to the podcast. I'm going to say her name wrong, even though she told me how to say it, Kate LaCroix. And um, I have been in contact with her a little bit. And so I know a little bit more about her. So I want to share some of that with you. She's the owner of Contently, a creative content house in in Boulder, Colorado, that specializes in marketing lifestyle brands. She works with a small handful of brands to ensure their marketing is both KPI-driven. I'm not corporate, so when we start with the three acronym thing, I'm completely lost. KPI-driven and emotionally compelling. She lives in Boulder, Colorado with her two hilarious daughters and in her free time runs stocked a pantry building service that teaches women how to save money on their grocery bill and invest the savings. As a proud Canadian, she is glad to have donated a kidney to a stranger and survived a grueling Valentine's Day helicopter crash. And we'll tell you how you can get in contact with her because she's going to have so much good information for you. Everyone's going to want what she's got. So a big welcome to you, Kate. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to hear your background and how you got this whole thing started.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And um, I wanted just to say too, our DM exchange was very meaningful for me. And it was really prompted by a podcast you had recently put out, which asked the question, um, what do I want to be? What do I want to do? Who am I? And I thought that I could speak to that. So you know, uh, to tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Canadian, I'm 47. I moved to the States when I was a kid. My parents were divorced when I was young. I, um, my dad left when I was six, my mom left when I was 10. I grew up on couches, various couches of friends and extended family members. And finally, uh, slept on my last couch my senior year of uh, high school. I moved to Virginia, went to college there, felt very overwhelmed. Uh, When you get out of hard situations, you oftentimes feel like you don't belong where you've arrived. So uh, stepping into these successes, feeling overwhelmed, messing up, which I think is natural, but messing up to the point where I felt like I didn't belong. So for many, many years from all through college and then into my early work environment, being capable, getting ahead, feeling like I don't belong, backing up. Um, So I think when you ask the question to your readers, who do I want to be? Who am I? Where do I begin? It's much harder for people, don't you find, who've been through any toxic situations. Yes, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And you know, part of that goes with, I call it, and there's a podcast on this, the toxic identity theft. You know, we place our identity on the people that we're with because that's where we feel like our security lies. So when you're out on your own, the identity is is very hard to put your finger on who you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to be going. Now it's funny because you said that, you know, when you get to a certain place, you feel like you don't fit in even though you've arrived. And the truth is, and you can vouch for this now, you you really hadn't arrived yet. This was just the beginning, right? And I'm sure you're probably gonna tell us that that wasn't the end of the struggles either. Um, I know from our exchange, and I don't know that much about your history of you know all of the toxic relationship in your life, but let's talk just a little bit about that. Um, did you, so, so you were, um, basically raising yourself by the age of 10?
2: More or less. I mean, I had the help of neighbors and I'd love to revisit what a good gut check can do as we continue to talk today. But I I was good at surrounding myself with people who could help me get through, whether that was a teacher or a neighbor. And so, um, it was not as hard scrabble as me doing it alone, but it was entirely unconventional to not have parents in my life at age 10.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Very. So, so then, you know, moving forward, because you mentioned in your DM that you had decided to parallel parent and use an app. So that leads me to believe that you've also had a toxic marriage in your life.
2: Yes. um, I've actually had a couple, Um, one was so toxic and so, um, gnarly that it ended up being annulled. It turns out that I engaged in a marriage to someone who had proposed to three other people just like it,
0: actually Mm -hmm. on the
2: same date. All of this craziness that you hear so often once you learn a little bit more about this world. I know there's a podcast, Dirty John, that people talk about, and Mm. there's just, you know, there's a grifter type. So Mm -hmm. I actually got together with these women who had been through what I had been through and got them to write testimony. And I had that marriage annulled, but not before I had $70,000 drained from my bank account.
1: Yes, I'm sure. And they probably would have had the same thing, should you not have pursued that. Um, So let's, so just, so describe, oh, and then you, and then you got married again.
2: Yeah, I got married again. Mm -hmm. And I actually want to say that that, was a healthy marriage in many respects i have a respect for this parent and at the same time as we know multiple things can be true i don't want to have a relationship Mm -hmm. with this ex anymore Mm -hmm. so um i really valued again another one of your podcasts around gray rocking around parallel parenting i didn't know it was possible to do this because i think we're fed propaganda, both from the courts Mm -hmm. and from culture that if after your marriage doesn't work out, then you transition into co-parenting. And I think it's fine for people who can Mm -hmm. have it work, but then it makes you question, why would I even be single if our co-anything worked? So it oftentimes doesn't work. And I think we have to have the strength to raise up parallel parenting and gray rocking and have it be seen as a viable option Mm -hmm. that actually promotes health for both parties involved Mm -hmm. and for the children. Mm -hmm. Definitely for the
1: children. The children, when they're forced into the situation where there's Uh, no parenting. I say no parenting instead of co-parenting. It is actually the hardest on them. Um, I try not to voice my opinion very big on the system, but I work with several family law attorneys and that is my biggest struggle. Okay. They are getting divorced for a reason. So don't don't blow smoke like they're going to co-parent perfectly together. But to get that point across to the courts, and to the family law attorneys, it is very difficult because um, it puts a misnomer in people's heads that, okay, now we're divorced, so now that the hard part is over when really, if you are divorcing a toxic personality, the hard part is just beginning uh, because now the kids are the only thing they have left to control you. So I say, I probably say it three times a week, if you could not parent and communicate well while you were married, What makes you think you're gonna parent and communicate well now that you're not married and both trying to move on with your life? So I loved that you said the parallel parenting because I do think there's a lot of people out there that don't think it's possible.
2: And I don't want to convey that I'm an expert, but I have worked the new mode that I'm in, the parallel (laughs) slash gray rock combo. And I can tell you a couple of things. The most important being I have so much more time. I have actual time because I do 50-50. So if my daughter is um, with her father, it's uh, the division of labor is really stark. But when we co-parented and because I often come from a people pleasing role, Mm because that is the journey of the, of the empath, of the person who usually hooks in with toxicity. I was making meals and still dropping them over in Tupperware, someone forgot something, I was bringing it, I was blurring all sorts of lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then um, there was no favor bank because you can never really gain a favor bank with, if you're in a toxic relationship. Yeah. So yeah. you may think you're making all these strides to improve relations, but the minute there is something uh, transactional that needs to happen, there's something, a, a bill that needs to be paid or a letter that needs to be signed, you open yourself up to the old dynamic and anything that you had done before, it actually isn't part of that person's calculus. Right. Yes. And and anything that they do, then you owe
1: them. So then when you're, you're trying to open yourself up to be the one that's trying to Co-parent, and now you owe them. You're actually double time. So Fair. I, so I love, I love it because you, even though you say that you're not an expert, you're getting there. But just, just letting other people know that there is a different way to parent when there's a toxic personality involved. Yes, do we feel guilty because that's what the empath in us does when you first start it. But uh, like uh, Kate said you will find that you have so much time and you think so much clearer when you're not answering 29 texts a day that don't really need to be
2: answered anyway. And so two things happen with that time, two big buckets of things. The first is, and this is actually really important, you grieve because you're not busy maintaining this illusion of co-parenting you actually have time to grieve what could not be possible in that relationship because you actually have a severance mm-hmm. through the parallel and through the app. You stop all the scuttle back and forth, all the noise, all the dust that's kicked up now lies still. And then what's left, and I think is very important, is your sadness. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved this person. I actually think this person is okay to walk through the world. I I don't know much about their their relationships, but I know that I needed to grieve every part of that. Mm -hmm. And that was not happening in Mm co-parenting.
1: Because you, yeah, you never get the distance that you need to realize what,
2: what you've been putting into it. So I take these daily walks. I have this loop behind my house you know, living in Boulder, I'm buttressed right up against the Rocky Mountains. So it's a five minute walk to the first trail and I can go until I'm tired in either direction, North or South. Mm -hmm. And I have these talks with myself and they really go like, you loved this person and it's okay. Mm -hmm. and love is a wonderful thing, and it's okay to feel this, and as I walk, I walk myself through that grief, and then I can already see it changing. The kaleidoscope has shifted, and that is something, Heidi, that would have never happened had I continued co-parenting. That's, that is for sure. Um,
1: I did not co-parent. We know parented, as you know, so Um, I tried and I tried to do all the things that you say, like help them out and loan a vehicle and be there and, you know, water the horses or whatever? And really what the difference was for me was nothing. Yeah. I had a, I had a piece of paper in my hand that said, we're no longer married, but other than that, nothing changed. And, and I think too, you know, you're talking about the grieving process. I think I had, I thought I had to get to a point where I no longer cared about that person in order to leave. You know, you've invested time and you've invested energy and you've invested all of this, um, this whole chapter of your life. And we feel like in order for us to leave, we have to quit caring. And the truth is you've already invested the caring part. So for those of you who are listening that think, you know, you're waiting for something or you're waiting for a shift in how you feel about this person, don't wait for that. Because if, if you know it's unhealthy, it's still okay to care and it's still okay to love because this person was probably at, in some respect, a huge part of your life. You know, and that's, that's what's difficult too when, when you start having to eliminate or change the dynamic with a family member. You know, it's, we can't cut family members off and just not love them and not care. But if we can give people permission to continue to love at the same time they're taking care of themselves, that's, that's where you have to see the division, I think.
2: Right. And the love changes, you know, and the love shifts, but love always shifts anyway, because there aren't static people and we don't live in a static environment. So there's some beautiful paradox there where the more you, you go through the grief and let go, what remains is uh, your ideas of love, uh, the best, your best self, um, your recognition of maybe positive traits or things that they did and said that you did like that you know you wanna carry through. And the way to do that with that partner is to bring the best to your children. Mm -hmm. to perhaps look in time for a future uh, partner that maybe has those things, you know, love spicy food is not a toxic trait. Love spicy food is a safe thing to love about a toxic partner and to look for in the future, you know? So I think that that big bucket of, of, um, time and time to grieve is one thing. And then the second big bucket really is drawing back to those questions you asked about who I am, who, who am I? Uh, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Having time where I am not being trauma bonded essentially with the, the you're so great because you made this great meal and you're so terrible the next day. And all that comes within those many emails, You know those emails usually pack a punch. Mm -hmm. And so not having to deal with any of that, I was really able to look out into the world to answer those questions that you posed. And we just happened to be in COVID. We happened to be at a time where all these mothers were home. Um, I was watching my friends get very depressed, asking themselves, asking each other if we were returning to the 50s, (laughs) what the heck was going on? (laughs) And I thought... I thought, you know, I had been doing stocked just gently for a while, you know, going into people's homes and helping them think through their pantry and think about their staples and Mm -hmm. teaching them how to stretch meals. But a light bulb went off that I don't think would have gone off if I did not have the psychic space where Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? We are gonna take these women at home in their kitchens or working from their laptops at the end of the kitchen table. And we are gonna turn this punishment into a positive. We are going to create, I, this is me talking to myself. I am going to create a business where their kitchen is now their profit center.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so Stocked went from this very occasional, you know, home visit situation to what it is today, which is me on Substack regularly writing newsletters, writing tips, tricks, reading about the latest financial advice, whether it's Bitcoin or how to stock your savings accounts. Um, And at the same time, telling my own story throughout and reminding people that there's elegance in just starting somewhere. And that finance is all about compound interest and derivatives and all of these things that seem so far-fetched to someone who's just rebuilding their lives. But if I can work with a woman and help them save $150 a month on their grocery bill, I've not just given them an opportunity to put that money away or stock it away, as I like to say, of course, but I've given them compound confidence. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's going to build in all different areas.
1: So tell, tell us a little bit more about how, how the business itself works, because we're, we've already got listeners that are probably wanting to know, okay, she
2: needs to tell us more. <laughs> sure, sure. So, um, you know, basically people go to my Substack page and Substack is really just a new publishing platform. They're all out there, like Patreon, like um, uh, Scribd, anybody who wants to self-publish, can use one of these vehicles and i just chose substack because it seemed to work for my needs so you can go to uh, stocked.substack.com and start reading and you can read for free and i can give everybody that listens a free pantry checklist and you can get your tips and tricks i talk about how to grocery shop i talk about how to use a roast chicken for a week. I talk about how to use a loaf of bread for a week. I talk about how to how to forage for your fridge finds and, and create a meal. I teach people how they're going to get to that $150. Because mm-hmm. I say one, I usually say I can save $100 per family member per month. Mm-hmm. But if it's a mom and a child, um, I like to say 150. But you know, I, I, I go through all of that. And then in addition, I post all the time on Instagram, and that is at she is stalked. And I can repeat this later at the end of the show. But you know, that's really how people find me. They find me those two ways.
1: Okay, so I have a question because both in the message that you sent me and when I read your bio, it, you know, you say how to save on grocery bill and put money into savings. So do you do you make recommendations for people on what to do with that money? Because I had a financial advisor tell me once, if you don't tell your money where to go, it's gonna go away. So do you, you know, do you have options for them? You know, If I, again, you just heard me talk about the boat and I didn't even know that that was gonna be tied to this, but I, the, the first 10 years after I left, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like I have no savings, no retirement, no anything. And tips like this would have been completely valuable, but I wouldn't have known what to do with the savings, you know, and then it would have just, it would have just gone away on another bill or, or something like that. So, so when somebody says, okay, now you saved me $150, what
2: should I do with it? Do you give that type of information also? I do. And, you know, I'm hesitant to name names unless you want me to, but I knew that I wanted to work this model. I just didn't know who I wanted to partner with. So I ended up partnering with a female out of Manhattan who started an investing business for women only. They now have over a billion in female holdings. That happened a couple of months ago. And she's just this really smart lady who came up through Wall Street and came up through city and was a big wig there. And then just was like, wait, women are not getting the right deal here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know the statistic, but 50% of women over the age of 50 are living below the poverty line right now. We can take, we can look through the lens of your podcast alone and understand how that happens. Mm -hmm. But there are myriad reasons why that happens. And also just a lack of education around how to invest and save. So I partnered with this company. So when you come to the site, you'll see how you can get started for a dollar. That's really what they say. If you have a dollar, we can help you get started. So what I've noticed is these women save this money and then they engage with the financial platform in New York and then they just either automatically transfer in 150 and that's into all sorts of retirement and savings accounts. You have choices. There's a diagnostic so they can learn about you, your age, your goals, everything like that. And then you really just are off to the races and they send emails to you every week. You can attend free coaching sessions, you know, just how you built the world for um, it's not normal. It's toxic. They've built that world for women. So there's a point of engagement at any place that works for you. Uh, you can read an article. You can do a coaching session. Uh, they do lives all the time. So it's really, it's really wonderful. See, and I think I think
1: um, opportunities like this are huge because you hear me talk all the time about how how we question the decisions that we make because we have we have so much self doubt when we leave you know toxic environments. We've given our decision making ability away so that we can avoid conflict. So what I found myself doing. Was since I felt like I was uneducated about finances, I just found myself not doing anything because I didn't want to walk in at my age to a financial advisor and have to go. Uh, yeah, I've worked for 25 years and I have nothing. I have no retirement. I have no savings. So, so the lack of me knowing and the lack of having somebody that I knew was there that understood, because you walk in with shame when you're when you're you know middle aged and you've got nothing. And so it made, what it made me do is it made me just not do anything for years. And that particular type of company that you're talking about would have been something I would have been looking for because we just want somebody to tell us what to do. Now, eventually we have to start making our own decisions and you will realize that when you make a decision, this might surprise people, but a firing squad is not going to show up when you make a decision but we have always been criticized and we've always been judged for the decisions we make. So we find it easier just to not make a decision. And that was me in the, in the financial aspect. I don't know anything. I'm just not going to do anything. But with every birthday that rolls around, I think, yeah, but if I don't do anything, what am I going to do in 20 years? And so this, this is something that I just started doing. I just started getting into investing because I was too embarrassed to tell somebody i didn't know anything about it so um we'll get again we'll get you at the end of the podcast to direct people to where they need to go um and we can probably post it when we post the podcast too uh what is your favorite
2: part about running this business really watching women step into their power that's the same thing i do (laughs) through and men, I both. have a lot of
1: men that have been coming to me lately too and I, I love it because I think that gender has has really been kept silent in this type of thing. So I can't leave them out. But yes, that's my favorite part about um my work. Like your message and the messages that I get from people is 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 the best part of best part of it all.
2: Right. And it's the paradox of happiness, right? When you give it away, it boomerangs right back in a way that if you were always coveting it or keeping it and searching for it just for yourself, you'll never find. So I've uh, begun to observe, have begun to observe putting it out there, watching people succeed and getting emails and letters. And I just got one recently from a colleague who... Uh, has now saved three thousand dollars and and that's huge listening you'll just never know what that means to a woman who never saved anything mm-hmm. yeah for sure so i i and i you you said shame and i think that shame is probably a word that if you did a word count on all your podcasts would definitely be up there mm-hmm. but for the the way it worked for me out in the world is that I would make these mistakes because of course I would make these mistakes because look at how I got my start in life. Like my life as does anybody's has to be a series of mistakes and illuminations and awakenings. And so I just hope by now we're all in the happy mistake club knowing. I
1: I actually like to say, there's not really a mistake. If you make a decision that's not the right one you just change directions. Right, because right. Do something that we call a mistake we always learn from it anyway. So it's just, oh, that didn't work, change, change directions. I wanna back up just a minute, because you said something about how um, when we were talking about what we do our jobs for, and it's providing things for people that need it. Now we have to we have to be very clear here. What got us into the problem of toxic situations in the first place was us giving everything away. Oh, I can help you, I can fix you, I can support, yes, I'll be, yes, I'll do it, yes, I'll make you meals and stick them in Tupperware and bring them to your house. So I think what Kate is saying is because we already know what type of personality we are, we have to give it to the right people. Because in order for us to to receive the, you know, the feeling of happiness and the the feeling that our purpose is being fulfilled, it's it's us also being sure that we are putting ourselves out there for the right person, because like we all know, our personalities are attracting the toxic personality. So what, what Kate has done is she's actually does inventory probably, well, not like she does on her pantry, but you know, she does inventory on the, on the the people. And she's now pushing herself into only the people that feed her back. And that's not selfish. That's 100% self-care. And that's, what's made her life now fulfilling and it's what's made her past make sense because she wouldn't be the person she is today and be doing this job with the passion and with the love that comes behind it if she was just a lady that everything in her life was perfect and then she just decided to start this it wouldn't have
2: it wouldn't be coming from the same place that's absolutely true and upon reflection and i think there are probably a lot of listeners who can relate i gave it all away for marriage. Mm -hmm. I look back and my ex didn't want to live in the house I owned which is okay a lot of people don't I can understand how that can make sense but I thank god I didn't sell it but I rented it out so we could move to a bigger house that we only rented and never owned so it was exorbitant Mm -hmm. and then He needed a place for his dog. So there were considerations there and he needed a studio. So there were considerations there. And all of a sudden I went from being a person who was making six figures in my mid thirties and doing just fine to making all of these sacrifices and giving away in essence, everything that I had built for someone else's idea. Mm -hmm. And then I became depressed I became uh, withdrawn. I became very unrecognizable to myself. It all came to a head in 2014. Um, I had gestational diabetes. I was pregnant with my now seven-year-old. I was losing clients because I was struggling with this pregnancy. I was older. Uh, 39 is old for you know uh, giving birth these days. Um, I gave birth and it was pretty dramatic. She came very quickly and kind of tore through me. And um, then my dad died two weeks later. And I was just so sad. And I remember turning to my partner and saying, help me, help me. And he said, no, you're on your own. And so I went to the bank and I got loans and I went to places and I got loans and I pulled out money from savings and just did everything I could to keep going with this person's lifestyle. And and it was only after about a year that I was like, I am living someone else's dream. I am no longer recognizable to myself And then everything I thought that would happen in a partnership when the chips are down, the opposite happened. And so I was able to really trust my gut and say, okay, I'm out of here. And you know, I don't I don't talk about everything
1: um, with my story, but you saying that really kind of makes me remember, you know, I we all work, we all do our share, we all build what we think is supposed to be this. This happy, fulfilling life. And, you know, when I decided to leave, I basically signed everything over. And so, for those of you who are listening to Kate, because she had savings to pull from and she could get loans, I couldn't get a loan. I didn't have a savings. When I moved, I didn't have a job and I didn't have the money to purchase the equipment needed to start a new chiropractic office and I had zero idea what what I was going to do and to this day if you ask me how my bills got paid I have no idea I you know I started a handbag company and started selling handbags at vendor shows and private parties and that company kept my chiropractic office open for almost two years so if you're hearing Kate go well I pulled you know I pulled my savings and I was able to get loans don't feel like you have to be in a position where you you used to make six figures because I, I did make a very good living when I was married to my former. I didn't get to spend very much of it. But when I left, I left with nothing and it was still the best thing I've ever done. So that's another thing that, that you don't necessarily have to wait for, because I think things just fall into place. Wouldn't you say, Kate, we worry about so much and we we're already survivors, so we know we'll make it work. Because I know that there's many of you out there that that if you leave, you don't have a a way that you can feel like you can financially make it, and and I think that's that's why I love her talking about this saving $150. To some of you, $150 is like $1,000 to some other people, and it's it's just like she's talking. It's a little bit here and a little bit there, and it's you know allowing yourself the grace. To just live where you're at because things will work out. You know, it's it's a lot for me to say that. And a lot of you guys are going, yeah, Dr. Heidi says that, but look at her now, and she's, you know, she's doing this, this, and this. But 14 years ago, I'm literally standing exactly where a lot of you are questioning the what ifs and the what-ifs keeping me stuck. And and I think what Kate is saying too is. When, when she was allowed the time and the space to take her mind out of this hundred mile an hour chaos that she was in when she was in her relationship, things became a lot clearer for her and possibilities started showing up and opportunities started to present themselves that she would have never seen should she, would she have stayed, you know, either in the relationship or struggling to maintain this co-parenting thing that wasn't working she would have never freed up her her mind enough to even see the opportunities that were ahead.
2: So Kate, what's next for you? Well, honestly, more of the same, more of those walks behind my house because I've learned to actually enjoy the process of grieving, which I know can sound a little odd, but I think
1: though, when when you say the process of grieving, it's also the process of
2: self-discovery. Exactly, exactly.
1: So, so it's they go hand in hand. Yes, there's sadness and there's, there's stuff, but when you go through all those emotions, you're really discovering who Kate is.
2: Exactly. And then um, also just continuing my work with Stocked between the pandemic, what I described with women being at home, with women getting tired of, uh, of not knowing, or feeling shame around starting, saving, and investing with a dollar, you know, there is a lot of interest in not doing things the way they had done them before. And the pandemic has really heightened that. So more, more stocked. And uh, at the end of this uh, month, I'll be launching a podcast. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for showing me the ropes. I love podcasts. I love them so much. I love your podcast so, so much. Um, But I'm gonna be interviewing only women at the intersect of food and finance to find out who they are, how they got there and what they're doing And I can guarantee just from the the subjects I have lined up tons of mistakes, tons of toxicity and tons of freedom from, from both.
1: Yes. Good. I cannot
2: wait. I cannot wait to hear it.
1: Um, Why don't you tell the listeners, because I'm certain they're, they're madly trying to write down websites and, and contact information while you were saying it. Why don't, you say again how people can get a hold of you if they're wanting, if they have questions or if they're wanting to get onto your
2: site or if they're just wanting to learn how to save $150 on groceries. Sure, sure. You know, uh, I would say go right to my, st- uh, go right to my Substack, which is stocked, S T O C K E D dot Substack, S U B S T A C K dot com and just sign up for my newsletter. You'll get two things every week. One will be a really good dose of food and and pantry tips and tricks. And the other will be um, some really relevant financial advice of what's going on in the world. So I'm on my phone and I'm doing it right now. Oh, wonderful, thank you. And then um, also if you love Instagram and that just works better for you, I often uh, replicate my, my posts and my links to my newsletters on Instagram. And that is at she is stocked.
1: And I'm sure that as soon as the podcast is launched, you can find her podcast through both of those um, avenues as well. Correct. That's true. Yes. Okay. Well, Kate, I'm certain that this is not the last time that you and I will talk. And I, again, I thank you so much for, for the DM a month and a half ago and for being able to put this together and, and really share what, not only what you've got going on business-wise, but, but what you're discovering in yourself because we, we really get down on ourselves when we're going through the process. The process gets long and the process gets tedious. So just being able to hear where you came from and where you are is gonna be a huge inspiration to a lot of the listeners. So thank you for being here. Um, is there anything, final that you want to say to the listeners today
2: you know uh I think we're all in the same boat we can end it with boat because we started this podcast with boat and so I just think that that is the only way to end this is to say we are all in the same boat okay well we will talk to you soon thanks Heidi I appreciate you
0: Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free. Because it's not normal. It's toxic.